Hello? Hello, Wesley, can you see me? Yes, can you see me? Yes, I can see you. I can see you. How are you today? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm doing well as well. It's good to have you on my podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So my podcast is called Glorious Glow Empowerment. So what I do really, it's a Christian program. We empower women, specifically women, you know, to get over limitations and be who God has called them to be. So that's what my podcast is about. And because I wrote a book on mental health, so I've been focusing lately on um, helping people know more about what mental health is and why the stigma should be removed from mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would like you to tell us about yourself, introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, so uh, my name is Wesley Ross Harris, and I have written several books, um, and am the I'm sorry, and the owner of PerseveringHope.com, which is an online community helping suffering people trust God. Okay. And so, yeah, uh, my pen name is W R Harris, and uh, I've got three books on mental health issues, two uh, two devotionals, and one book on um, Christian culture in America. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what are your books called? So one of them is called Obsessions, Hell and Back Again. And that was mm -hmm. my, uh, basically my memoir about a year I went through college when I was really struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder and depression. Um, so that's one. The other one is called Anxiety and Depression Are Not Always Sins. And that's basically a short argument about um, why it's it's a lot along the lines of what you're talking about of trying to break okay. mental health stigma mm -hmm. um, yeah and then another one is called bring it into the light that's articles and poems about mental health and that's basically uh, it's exactly what it sounds like essays poems about mental health um, mm. and then I have two devotionals one's called um, bringing God's kingdom day by day and then the other one is walking through first Peter um, and then the last book is um, is why well, can't I think of its name? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, thoughts on American evangelical culture. That's what it's called. Okay. Okay. Wow. You you have been busy writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long How long busy. did it take you to write all these books? Um, probably about let's see, probably about a year and a half or so. Um, and granted. The first one, The Thoughts on American Evangelical Culture, those essays I had written kind of over a period of two or three years beforehand. And so that was the first book I published on Amazon. And that was, right. um, yeah, so basically it was written already beforehand. And, uh, you know, I published that. And then I published that September 2017. After that, I got, you know, all those other books in um, up until this point. That's awesome. That's so good. <laughs> I've, yeah. I've written um, three books so far, mm -hmm. two are educational guides, because I'm a secondary school teacher. So I've written mm -hmm. guides to help parents, you know, with their help parents and their children. And then I only have one on mental health. So, and you said um, you help people, you have a community where you help people suffering to trust God. Yes. 
Can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, so it's a website. Um, we publish an article every Monday, and uh, I write for it as well as I have about three or four other volunteer writers who write for it as well. And we write a lot about a lot of it is about mental health struggles and trusting God through mental health struggles. Um, but we also have two other categories uh, that are disease and grief slash loss. So um, we do talk as well about trusting God through things like um, you know, having, having a, uh, you know, chronic disease or, um, you know, losing a loved one, loved yeah. one. Um, so yeah, we have a Facebook page, um, it's under persevering hope and, you know, uh, the website is perseveringhope.com. Okay. And we also have, um, we're starting up an online store, so hopefully we'll get that up, uh, you know, and, uh, make it a little more, um, prominent in our, and a website soon, but uh, yeah. Wow, that's that's very good, and I'm glad you've told us the web, um, the Facebook page, so people can reach out if they need to. Yeah. yeah. And in your email, you said you ha you live in Denver. Yes, I live in Denver, Colorado. Yep. Yeah, with a family. Yeah, my wife and newborn son. He's uh, eight weeks tomorrow. Wow! So Congratulations. Very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. He's very newborn. Um, he's a lot of fun. And then we have two dogs as well. So, oh. um, yeah, that's good. Is he, is he sleeping at the moment or is he keeping you awake? <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, he's he sleeps pretty well. Uh, we had, you know, there, there's been a few nights where he hasn't slept super well and that's keeping us, kept us up at night. But for the most part, I mean, I can't complain. I've heard, I've heard horror stories and he's been pretty good. So I can't complain. <laughs> that's good that's yeah. part of the blessing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i've got yeah. three three eight, and my first one is going to be 18 soon and then my second one is 16 and my daughter i have two boys and a girl my daughter is 11 so i mm. i've been there don't worry they grow so fast yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's already gone really fast <laughs> so i was trying to enjoy it yeah yeah enjoy every moment <laughs> yep yeah, we're trying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you've been through um, mental health issues yourself mm -hmm. and, you know, you know what the struggles are and things like that. Can you go a bit more? Tell us what, um, how you discovered you and what type of mental health you had to deal with and what has helped you through? Yeah. So I had no mental health struggles when I was a kid um, until I my family moved, um, we basically, we moved, uh, and I transferred schools, uh, my freshman year of high school in the States to, mm -hmm. uh, my sophomore year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I was at the new school, my sophomore year of high school, I just started feeling really lonely, um, and things didn't really get better. And so I started, uh, I grew up in a Christian home, but I wasn't really following Jesus. So mm -hmm. that, struggle started to uh, get me to pray to God. I started praying to God mm -hmm. and God, you know, came into my heart and started changing me. And that's when I considered that I started following Jesus. So, um, it became obvious, um, later in that school year after, you know, I started following Jesus and, and all the loneliness was happening. It became obvious that I was struggling with depression, um, uh, because I, I couldn't concentrate in school. 
Um, mm. I just was crying a lot and sometimes for no reason. Mm -hmm. um, felt really, really exhausted just all the time. Um, and other, I had other symptoms too. So uh, pretty much classic depression symptoms. Mm. And, you know, from then on, I've, I've had struggles with depression. So that occurred then when I was about 15 years old. And then I didn't even realize it, but I was also struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. I didn't find that out really until I was about 20 or 21. Mm. Um, so it took five or six years and it took some other people talking into my life and realizing for me basically what was going on. Mm. Um, and so once they, you know, pointed out to me that I was really obsessive. Um, at that time, I had started going to therapy anyway for depression. So okay. I realized, okay, I need to go specifically uh, to therapy for obsessive compulsive disorder. Right. Um, so the therapy was very helpful. I did it through my church. So it was Christian therapy. Um, and it was a lot of, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of prayer. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of talking to other people in my Christian community and having them pray for me. Yeah. It was a lot of learning to manage myself better. Um, I was working too hard and I was too stressed out. And it's just, you know, that just makes mental health issues a lot worse. Um, so a lot of, you know, just learning a lot of life tools as well, mm. um, as well as the spiritual aspect. Right. That must have been a difficult thing to go through at age 15, you said. Yes. When yes, you started. it was. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. So what symptoms did you start to notice to make you think, hmm, maybe there's something not right here? Um, for the depression or for the OCD? Yeah, for the depression first, then OCD. Yeah. Yeah. So for the depression, it was um, exhaustion. Uh, just feeling really exhausted all the time, no matter, mm -hmm. basically no matter what, um, not being able to concentrate, mm -hmm. um, and also tearfulness. So right. just cry crying, uh, crying a lot, crying sometimes for no reason. Mm. Um, and then feeling lonely and just blue, uh, Okay. you know, um, Wow. Were you with your, living with your family at this time? Parents, siblings? Yes. One older brother and both of my parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they, they started figuring out what was happening um, mm -hmm. after it didn't take them too, too long. But um, they, yeah, they, uh, I think they tried to help. It was also very hard because as a 15 year old, I didn't, especially as a 15 year old who didn't really know anybody who had these struggles and who never struggled with these things before. I didn't really yeah. have the language. I didn't really have the language, the vocabulary to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know. I didn't fully understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a hard time. Um, you know, my parents wanted to help me out and, and uh, they tried. Uh, but at the same time I was, I was also, um, you know, I just, I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how yeah. to talk about it with them. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot going on all at once. Mm. Wow. I asked that question because over here, I'm sure it's the same in America. Over here is exam season at the mm -hmm. moment. And we have lots of 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds all preparing for exams. And they are under so much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, did you notice these symptoms around your exam time or was it before? Do you think the stress or the extra pressure of having to prepare for exams or can you elaborate on that, please? Um, it was, uh, I don't know if it was exams necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, those, those made it worse. When exams did come around, it was worse right. uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but I had, I, I had started dealing with the symptoms even before the exams. So uh, it wasn't necessarily the exams that brought it on. Okay. But yes, when the exams did come around, it was worse. Um, right. and, and that, you know, same thing, even when I got into college and I was dealing with OCD, like that, you know, when the exams in college came around, that was a very stressful time too. Mm. Okay. So what advice would you give to any teenager, 15 year old, you know, going through the same symptoms at the moment and also advice to parents, because we tend to put so much pressure on children. So what advice would you give to parents and, and children, please? Yep. So I guess I'll start out with children. And yeah. you, um, if you're struggling with these symptoms, um, for one, know that you're not alone. I think it's very easy for teenagers, especially to think that they're alone in yeah. their struggles and they think they're the only one that feels that way. They think they're the only one that feels lonely. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. I mean, if you look at statistics, um, uh, you know, people of all ages have yeah. struggles with loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's hard to feel like other people, um, you know, are going through the same thing. But realize that probably more people than you think are going through the same thing. Yeah. And so I would encourage you know, I would encourage teenagers to open up about it as much as you can with friends and family, trusted people, you know, mm -hmm. and um, realize that healing is possible. It's very hard, um, especially when you just start dealing with it out of the blue. Yes. It's very hard to feel like healing is possible, mm -hmm. but it is, mm -hmm. and it does take some work. But if you're willing to just commit and, and work hard at it and just, uh, you know, continue, um, continue to fight. Basically, uh, you can absolutely, be, you can get a lot better. Um, and right. there's a lot of good help available. So, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. have hope there's, there's, there's hope in this, um, for parents, mm -hmm. just, uh, just a lot of, I think a lot of observation, Yes. It's good mm -hmm. because, um, you know, especially teenagers, they may not say anything. Uh, children as well, they may not say anything. Mm -hmm. um, some of it maybe because they're scared. They don't know how to talk about it. So mm -hmm. don't necessarily, I would encourage you not necessarily to think, you know, I'm only going to do something um, or I'm only going to be concerned if they actually say something to me. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to be very observant and observe their behaviors and observe you know if, if they're starting to exhibit some um uh you know kind of uh, uh uncommon behaviors yes yeah. um for them so a lot of observation and then listening as well um you know it's it's hard it's hard to deal with this and one of the big things i hear talking to other i've talked to parents who have had kids mm -hmm 
um, and have kids currently yes. who struggle with mental health problems. And it's really hard because you want to just fix it. Yes. You want to make it all better right away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work like that, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes, it's a process. It takes time. Yeah. And it's just not something you can just, you know, have one conversation about and make it all better. Unfortunately, it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. so just, I'd encourage people just to listen to their kids. And even when it's hard to listen, even when mm-hmm. at certain points, if you want to interject, maybe realize or maybe think about um, the possibility of just sitting there and listening instead and uh, just really have a, a, an ear for what they're going through because mm-hmm. um, they really, really need that at that time. They need someone to mm. sit there and listen to them. Wow. That's so true. Especially with teenagers, you know, boys, especially they lock themselves up in the room. Yep. And you're like, you know, where do you start from? Sometimes, you know, they yeah. want their privacy. So it's um, knowing where to draw the line, really. Yeah, you know, absolutely. How do you know when to give them their space and when to go in, you know, and recognizing these symptoms? How do you know they just want to be on their own? And how do you know if it's led, if it's led to this um, depression? You know, like you said, it's about talking to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a lot of communication, a lot of listening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. I mean, I've talked to, I don't have, obviously, I don't have a kid myself who's struggling with these issues, but I've yeah. been in a mental health support group. So I've talked to parents who, I mean, they currently have a kid who is um, struggling with depression or mm-hmm. a kid who has had problems with suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, that's really, really difficult. And um, it's, uh, it's kind of a balancing act because like you said, you don't want to, you don't want to push too hard. Yeah. But you do need to, you do need to check on them. You do need to um, try and get them, try and coax them a little bit to open up. And um, I think that's, you know, if you're, especially if you're a Christian family, it's a lot of, I think that's a lot of prayer. Yes. To try and figure that out. A lot, a lot of prayer, a lot of listening, a lot of talking to people who have been there before. Yeah. Um, And a lot of just observation and then learning through trial and error this makes my son or my daughter feel worse this makes my son or my daughter feel better um it's best when i do this or that you know when they feel you know x y or z Mm -hmm. um so it's 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 a balancing act it's a difficult situation um it's uh it's um gonna (laughs) gonna test gonna test your faith in god yeah um Mm. yeah but it's uh yeah Wow. I'm so, I'm so happy to have you here because um, I'm Nigerian, you know, mm-hmm. originally from Nigeria and in Africa, mental health is still stigmatized till, t- till today, to this day, you know, and most times when parents find that their, their children have mental health or any relative, they are hidden away, you mm-hmm. know, they are hidden away in the home and it's not acknowledged. So these interviews, I would really, I want them to see it and know that there is hope. You yeah. know, Africans anywhere, any part of the world, there is hope because you've been through it and you know what the experiences are like and you are here today, fine, talking, you're living your life as normal. You know, yeah. norm, you're able to pray and all that. So I want them to see that, look, there's no point hiding away hiding your children or relatives away the first thing you need to do is to get them diagnosed you know 
get them some support and all of that you know mm -hmm. so if you can tell us what you do now you know what your life is like now do you work and things like that are you living your life like everyone else so they can see that look it's possible to live a normal life mm -hmm. yep so uh, like i said i just um i started out this because i mean honestly i thought for a long time that i wasn't gonna have any kids because it was right. just i felt like it was gonna be too hard on me um with my mental health issues mm -hmm. and we have an eight week year old son yes. and I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm not saying everything's perfect, but I'm doing, you know, I'm doing pretty well. We, we live, um, my wife and I got married, uh, almost five years ago. Okay. We, we've bought a house. Um, she works full time. Mm -hmm. I work part time as a personal uh, fitness trainer. Okay. And then I also, uh, do a lot of writing. Like I talked about yes. run my website. So, uh, we're involved in church. We do a lot of outdoors activities. Um, and we have a pretty good social life, uh, mm -hmm. a pretty good family life. So mm -hmm. our life is, I mean, is pretty, uh, pretty normal, you could say. Yes. And it's, um, it's, yeah, it's taken some work to get there. I needed, I needed that, those resources and that help to be able to learn how to manage myself. Mm -hmm. But once I got that, um, I was able to rebound and start living life um, like a normal, like normal pretty quickly. Yes. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's very possible. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I still have problems just, I feel um, I still have problems with the obsessive compulsive disorder, but I know how to manage it. So yes. when I have the problems, I can move past them. Mm -hmm. uh, same thing with depression. Sometimes it makes me feel tired. Um, yeah that's i mean nowadays that's more or less the end of my depression issues it just makes me feel kind of tired mm -hmm. um it'll make me feel kind of blue if i don't take care of myself but again i've gotten the tools i've worked with yes. people to be able to learn how to manage it when i start when it starts acting up mm, mm, mm. wow awesome as christians oftentimes you know we tend to, some people feel that, do you think, let me ask you this directly, do you think prayer alone is enough to help one out of a mental health situation or issue? Um, in my opinion, I think, I think it, it depends on the situation. Mm -hmm. um, I think it possibly, I think it could be. Mm -hmm. um, I, you could, could probably find uh people um, on the internet or in person who could testify uh, to yeah. that that they were able to kind of work through prayer by themselves and with the christian mm -hmm. community and kind of um, get better through a mental health struggle mm -hmm. um however i don't i don't think it's always that's always the case mm -hmm. um and it's just it's you know um I think you should always be praying, but there are some times when you just need some extra resources and some extra help to be able to get a little better. Yes. Uh, that's, that's my take. Yes. I, I totally agree with you because the Bible says faith without works is dead. You know, while we have the faith to pray, I mean, we have the medical professionals there as well. Mm. 
to help. Yeah. I believe they go hand in hand, you know, yeah. because I've seen situations where people just say, oh, I'm only going to pray. And then they fast and pray and nothing happens. The person gets worse. And I've seen situations where people also say they're only going to take medication and they don't pray. And, you know, so I believe both prayer and medication should go hand in hand. You know, yeah, so I absolutely what would you, agree. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say to someone who doesn't believe they need medication to help them out? Um, this, like you said, um, God has given us uh, resources and means by which our bodies can feel better. Mm -hmm. um, mental illness, mental health issues, uh, they have a, you know, they have a, biological like neurochemical factor to them there's okay. something you know actually physically going on inside of you that makes you feel worse yeah um and while you should be praying absolutely and that will help you feel better um there are means by which god you know gives you the ability to feel even better um and that medication is not um, in my opinion, is not evil. Um, no. It it's given by God to help us as long as we use it, like anything, literally, like anything in the world. As as long as we use it in um, a proper, you know, proper manner, then it's a good thing to use. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I've seen people who just said, "No, I'm not going to take medication." They feel especially as Christians, some feel, why do I have to go through this as a Christian? You know, they feel like maybe they've let themselves down. Maybe they're not good enough or something. They, they haven't been good enough Christians, so they don't have enough faith or something. So they wonder why they should have to take medication, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that they, they, they are unique. You know, they've been made uniquely by God. The fact that they are going through this doesn't mean that they haven't been made in God's image. Mm -hmm. You know, they are going through it. It needs to be acknowledged and treated. Otherwise it will get worse. Yep. You know, that's what I always tell anyone I come across with, especially when I speak with anyone from the African community, you know, as a teacher, I, we come across some parents who refuse to, you know, acknowledge their children's um, diagnosis you know and so it's just it's just um it just goes round and round in circles they don't want to acknowledge it and the child gets worse so we try to mm. talk to them to say look it doesn't this doesn't define you or your child you know and it's not stopping them from achieving going on to achieve they can still achieve they can still become who god has created them to be you know, so why do you think there's stigma attached to mental health to get such reaction from people? Yeah, so one of the reasons I think is because people see it as a weakness or mm -hmm. they see it as laziness. Right. And that is probably because they haven't struggled with it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe, you know, if it is a kid, maybe they before they had their kid they didn't know anybody else who had those problems and so yes they're faced with it for the first time 
and it can appear it can appear as weakness or laziness that doesn't mean it is no um so people just it's just because people people see it that way um and then also within the christian community um i think there's some in my opinion there's some uh misreading of scripture to think Mm -hmm. it's a sin Mm -hmm. um jesus does talk about um, not being anxious paul talks about not being anxious as well at the same time we have to look at the whole of scripture in my opinion and look at jesus um the night before his crucifixion Mm -hmm. and he was he was obviously maybe you don't use the word anxious but he was in anguish or something like anxious because he was praying to god (laughs) he was praying to god if you can take this cup for me you know please take it Mm-hmm. He was sweating blood. That's if that's not anxiety, I'm not sure. Yes. So, <laughs> so we true. have to look. Yeah, we have to look at the whole of scripture and realize there is some kind of worrying that God doesn't want us to do, mm-hmm. and in you know it seems to me that's kind of a material possessions worrying. You know, worrying about constantly worrying about where our food is going to come from, or mm-hmm. you know how we're gonna. If we do that, then it's very hard to concentrate on God's kingdom. Um, and so, yes, it becomes a barrier to, um, mm. to serving God. But at the same time, there is a sort of, uh, there is a sort of anxiety or depression that comes on maybe with, without your even trying for it, you know, you, you're not trying for it to happen. It just happens. It's a neuro yes. neurochemical thing. You can't control it. Exactly. That, yeah. That's not, that's not a sin. Um, that's just like, you know, a disease or a lot of other things in this world. It's a result of, uh, the fall where, you know, things aren't perfect. Um, but we can trust God through it. We can work through it. And he, he sees us working hard. Um, and I, I truly believe he, he sees, uh, us working hard to trust in him through those struggles. And I truly believe he rewards us, uh, for it, even if that reward is just, you know, in heaven um you know yes. later on so mm-hmm. yeah yeah and also the reward can be today you know it can be yeah it can be it can be today because people just have to take each day as 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 it comes isn't it you know yeah. one day Absolutely. at a time yeah. yeah like when um the israelites were provided with manna they were told to only take what they needed for that time mm-hmm. you know there was no point storing some for the next day. So I think as human beings, all we have to do is take each day as it comes and enjoy the moment. Right. Because no one knows what's going to happen the next second. So why worry about the next second or the next day when you haven't fully enjoyed the moment? Mm -hmm. So I tell people, Take your time. Enjoy the moment you are in. Never be in a rush, okay? You are rushing, you are going, and you don't achieve anything, and then you are completely stressed out. <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful. You know? yeah. yeah, it's not helpful. So I tell people, enjoy the moment. Enjoy your family. Take time. Enjoy your wife. Enjoy your children. You know, just enjoy the moment. And when you get to the next minute or the next day, it will take care of itself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had a therapist for obsessive compulsive disorder. He used to tell me, you can only praise God in the present. 
that was his way of saying basically what you just said. Yeah. And that was very helpful for me. It mm-hmm. was extremely helpful. And I've, I mean, that was years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still tell myself that all the time. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So can you tell us a bit more? You've, you've spoken about the depression. Mm-hmm. Now, the OCD, how do you manage that? Um, a lot of it is through breathing exercises. Okay. And so, for instance, I have problems with obsessing over, sorry, obsessing over locks um, and things like the oven and stove before right. I leave my house or before mm-hmm. I go to bed. So um, I will sit there and look at, you know, the, for instance, the burners on my stove to make sure they're off. I'll look at them over and over again. Okay. Um, and so in order to combat that um, in my head, what's happening is, you know, I'm thinking, well, I've got to check it again. I'm not sure if I, if I saw it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I tell myself, I know I looked at it and then I will do a breathing exercise where, where I'll breathe in, um, count to three or four, mm-hmm. inhale, th- you know, three or four seconds and then exhale three or four seconds and focus on my breathing. Yeah. And somehow, um, it really, really helps to kind of center myself and mm-hmm. refocus and um, it'll kind of dissipate those anxious thoughts and I'm able to move on uh, to the okay. next thing. Mm. So that's a, that's a big, big part of how I um, handle it. Um, and that's and helps then also, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then also just, uh, it does help to, again, just manage myself, make sure I'm eating well, make sure I exercise, make sure I sleep um, as much as I can. And mm-hmm. uh, because if I don't, that it does take a toll on my mental health. They, they make the OCD worse. So right. it's kind of little things like that. They do really make a difference. Okay. Okay. Wow. As you were speaking, I just, you know, I smiled because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist. You know, mm-hmm. I like things to be done perfectly well and things. And sometimes I've gone into my car about to drive off and I'm like, oh, did I turn the cooker off? Yeah. <laughs> and I run yeah. back to check just to make sure it's off. And then I go back into the car, you know. So I think we as human beings, we just have to um, be more compassionate with one another, you know, show more compassion and accept other people for who they are, mm-hmm. you know, without judgment. You know, because no one is perfect, really. We all have our own flaws, you know, in one way or the other. So I yep. think stigma will be eradicated once we start to recognize this and know that, look, I'm not perfect. No one is perfect. So we all have to be, you know, accepting of one another's flaws and show more compassion to other people. So I, th- I believe if this is done, if this can be done, then we are... Um, We'll be, we'll be getting closer to eradicating stigma. Not so much, stigma is not so much um, in the UK and the US as much as it's in Africa, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone down, but right. in Africa is still, it's still something, it's, health, mental health is actually demonized. You know, mm-hmm. people are considered to be possessed by demons because they have these symptoms we are talking about now you know, and they're taken into deliverance houses where prayers are said, you know, continuously 
and <laughs> sorry about that prayers are said continuously and everything which and uh, which doesn't help sometimes you know so right. we need to show more compassion that's the point i'm trying to make in yep. saying that yeah yeah i agree i agree i think that make a lot of difference yeah yeah Awesome. So what advice, what else would you, like, would you like us to know about you or anything else? Um, well, I, want, I just want to re reiterate again, um, healing is possible. It's uh, not always easy, but it's, it's possible um, to, you know, to get better. And um, whether that's for a loved one or that's for you yourself. Um, yeah you can work with other people. You can, there are resources out there to get help and, and get better. Um, so I really want to uh, just hope and pray that people um, take that to heart. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as me, I mean, I'm, uh, um, I think I, you know, kind of explain what I uh, do for the most part. I mean, I, I'd love it if people would look at persevering hope, but I really hope it um, encourages people that's our yeah. goal uh, our goal is to is to help encourage people and help them trust god through you know the hard times and mm -hmm. uh so um and i also uh if if anybody's wants to reach out to me they can um yeah. my email is on persevering hopes website um okay. and uh there we also i mean we look for volunteer writers um at all times so um if anybody's interested in that you know let me know but mm -hmm. yeah um, do you have a YouTube channel where like, you can be followed or something? Um, I don't have a YouTube channel, no. Uh, just okay. just the Facebook for my author, W.R. Harris author, and then Facebook for Persevering Hope. Obviously, um, I have my author website. I have a Persevering yeah. Hope website. Um, I think that's kind of, that's the, those are kind of the two avenues I have right now. Okay. And your podcast, what's your podcast called? Um, I have a podcast and it's called church thing, uh, okay. all one word church and thing. that, yeah, that doesn't, um, that doesn't look as much at, uh, mental health issues. That looks a little more at kind of, uh, American Christianity and American Christian culture. And, um, yeah, uh, yeah, but it, uh, it's worth the, it's worth a look. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure lots of people will be, um, encouraged by your testimony you know, and the story of healing and the story of hope, that there's hope and all of mm -hmm. that. And I'm sure lots of people would like to um, reach out to you because you have a very strong story here. You know, most parents would have um, a 15-year-old and think, oh, that's just being a teenager without yeah. actually thinking that they need to check, you know. Yeah. So having heard your story, I think many parents now will be more observant, become more observant and make sure as if they have 15 year olds or have any teenagers and make sure they know what's happening and not just assume that the child is fine because it's right. easy to assume <laughs> right yeah that's the hard part you know the teenagers go through a lot of different things it's easy to yeah. assume that and uh, that may not necessarily be the case so it's um definitely it's very much worth a, another look into what exactly is going on yeah yeah Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we call it a day? Um, no, I don't think so. Thank, uh, thank you for having me. This has been great. 
Oh, thank you so much for coming on to my podcast, Wesley. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going yeah, to be um, posting this on my YouTube channel and my podcast as well. And okay. if you can send me your email address, I'll put it in the description bo box, sorry, for anyone who wants to reach out to you. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I will do that. Okay, then. Thank you. And say hello to your wife and your newborn son. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> again. <laughs> Thank you. I will. All right, then. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you.